Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Voice Hacks Podcast. I'm your host, Mary Z. On the Voice Hacks Podcast, I'll be talking to some of rock and metal's best singers, coaches, and experts about what goes into the mysterious and amazing sounds we make with our voices. If you like this podcast, please help spread the word by sharing it with your friends, post our episodes on your Facebook and Instagram, and tag me and my guests. I'm at Metal Mary Z on Instagram. Don't forget to leave the show a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and of course, Follow me on YouTube at Voice Hacks by Mary Z. Let's get into it. Hey, everybody. It's me, your host, Mary Z, vocal coach Mary Z. And I'm back here once again on the Voice Hacks podcast with an amazing singer and also a very good friend of mine, Sabrina Cruz. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. You guys know Sabrina from the band Seven Kingdoms. You know her powerful power metal vocals. It's so great to have you here on the podcast. I'm doing wonderful. It's so awesome to be back. My last time, it's been a couple of years, but I'm super excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me back. Yeah, I've had you on the channel a couple of times, but right, it has been a long time. And I did do a first version of the podcast, which I believe you're mm-hmm. also on. But now this is a much better, more proper <laughs> version, more proper version of the podcast. The first time I got around, I should have stuck with it in hindsight because it was ahead of a lot of other people, but I didn't really know what I was doing. So I feel like that just didn't sound as good. And Nah, just sometimes I feel like we have a tendency to discredit our own talents. And we're just like, eh, hey, I don't know if it's worth it right now, you know? I think that is a very common trait. Yeah. By the way, not to go into a throwback right away, but I just saw you guys post some throwback pictures from your tour from 2010 with, was that Amaranth and Stradivarius? No, that's with Blind Guardian. Blind Guardian. I'm sorry. (laughs) Shows you how much I paid attention. (laughs) But you have toured with Amaranth before. I'm not crazy, right? Or was Amaranth and Blind? No, that was in in 2013. We went to Europe with um, Stradivarius and Amaranth. Okay, okay. So that was a real tour. I'm not just like making that up in my mind. (laughs) No, no, no. It totally happened. (laughs) That's good. I'm glad I'm saying still. But okay, well, that's great. So like when you guys went with Blind Guardian in 2010, let's talk about that for a minute. Things have changed dramatically for you guys, both as far as like lineup, even since then. Some of the guys in the band don't even look the same. They look like different people. Yeah. How do you feel about where Seven Kingdoms is at now versus where you guys were then? Could you foresee any of this coming or? The Blind Guardian tour is what I like to refer to as the Baby Kingdom era, where like we were basically a local band and Blind Guardian picked us. Like we were thrown in a hat of bands and I guess they heard our debut album. With, well, it wasn't like really the debut, but it was mine. You know what I mean? So it was like the band just like, re-showed a new version of itself and then that happened to be like blind guardian was going through like a hat of 
bands that they were going to have open for the tour. They picked Holy Grail and then they picked us. And so like, we, we were just like in our infancy of like, this is what we were hoping to go towards. But like, that was like the shove into this is what it looks like, you know? So, and Kevin looks like when people look at the pictures, they're like, who's this guy? Who's this guy? Who is that? And it's just like, it's Kevin. And then, you know, we have, uh, we had a couple of, um, we had Aaron who was on tour with us. Then he left, um, probably after the Evergrade tour, I think it was. So that's why some of those pictures, like when people look at it, they're like, who are these people? (laughs) Well, yeah, certainly Kevin has had a dramatic and Camden have had dramatic physical transformations over the last decade, for sure. They do kind of look almost like different people. Camden like kept the hair. So everybody just knew that the hair was the same guy but yeah. <laughs> but yeah I mean that's pretty amazing it's pretty phenomenal I mean and then you guys have transformed personally and musically I mean just just as this think of the skills and the tours you've done you know in the last decade you know I mean you guys have transformed not just appearance wise but you've developed into this powerhouse of a band with much bigger tours now and I'm just curious, though, for like all the new people listening who are like sitting there going, how did Blind Guardian get to pick you? Were you guys signed to a label at that time? How did they find out about you? Was there some kind of contest they were having for openers? I have no idea on that, uh, on their side of it. Basically, we were signed to Nightmare Records and we had and we had instrumental management. And there I don't really know exactly what happened. I think they just, you know, Klaus submitted us for the tour and we just you know when something's supposed to happen in your life it just does you know <laughs> you know it's crazy but it's so true it's like so many and I've lived this experience and I think you've lived this experience I think I think every artist lives lives this experience of like consciously you know you have this consciously trying to put your will onto something and making something happen and putting effort into it and this is part of it but I do genuinely believe you don't have to force yourself into any opportunities that are meant for you, that they really do just flow maybe as a direct result of the work. Cause obviously if you hadn't made that album, there would be no opportunity, you know, or if you hadn't been signed to nightmare records or whoever, whatever person had to connect the dots. But at the same time, it wasn't like you guys had to sit there. This is the, the fatal flaw. I see a lot of my young students make is like, messaging dming blind guardian like hey we're a power metal band for this you know what i'm saying yeah because they don't realize that unfortunately or words are just garble when it comes to the music industry you genuinely have to put yourself out there to meet people you have to let your music and your talent speak for themselves and you also instead of networking through a keyboard have to do it in person because your personality means more to somebody and if they can talk with you and work with you because like if you're just messaging somebody you're just a a, an icon and you're just words in an inbox but when you actually have the ability to meet somebody and speak with them and they get to meet you that that i believe is is what paves the path for you because um anybody can send a message it's the easiest thing but yeah do you have the work ethic because that's another thing that people have a misconception that oh all you have to do is just have a talent and do it and things happen no no you have a talent but you have to use it to your advantage and not just think that that's how things come to you you have to you have to do the work and a lot of times in a band there's 
specific people who do specific things to make that happen. And it's sometimes it's a group project. Sometimes it's one person, one person soloing the, the, you know, and it's just, everybody has a contribution, but the biggest thing is to let your talent speak for itself in the environment instead of just trying to force yourself into it. This is so important. I'm thinking specifically of so many people that I've coached, like very specific examples of people who are getting their feet wet into the, it, it, not, it mostly I have rock and metal people, but it could be, it could actually be any genre. It could be country, like anything that has like a niche or a scene, you know? And, you know, one of the things I see them do is push too hard because you get this point where uh, my sister actually, who's also a musician, um, a guitar player and a guitar teacher, she put it pretty accurately. She called it like um, the kicking and screaming phase of music where like you really, really, really want it, you know, but then you actually end up becoming a punisher (laughs) with like the DMs and the whatever. (laughs) You know, what's funny is that like I recently have started my, you know, my tarot journey and I like to, to refer to that a lot now because I've learned like significance of certain planets. And what I've learned is that those kind of people who are in such a freaking hurry, like here comes Saturn, just like slow down. <laughs> ah, yes. And it's just like, you know, it's like you have to slow down, be thorough, like take your time. Don't be in a hurry because when you're in a hurry, you make a mistake. If if you're in too much of a hurry, you miss like everything that you needed to know on the way there. And then you end up being your own detriment rather than just, of course you want it, keep the fire, keep going, but learn how to do it correctly so you can benefit from it for a long time. Because there's a lot of people who have really great music and a really good potential and they just come in blazing and then they just, it doesn't work out the way they thought it was going to and they just wash their hands and walk away from it. Like stop trying you know, or they become the reapers or, you know, like just because you're in a hurry, you just got to slow down. (laughs) Yeah, it's tough because it really does have to be earned. Like you said something really important. Let the talent speak for itself. I have a person I've been coaching and they were like, why why aren't I getting into more bands? Because I've been encouraging them to audition because they do have a lot of potential, but they are new, you know? And I'm like, well, you're still new yet, though. I'm like, you're not just going to get into all these bands. I'm like, you'll get into like one or two or something or maybe one, you know? And and even then, it's not necessarily going to be your end-all, be-all band. Maybe you learn from that band and you do another band, Yeah, you know? And I, I was trying to explain to this person, like, it's it might not, it's not, that easy you don't just like music movies <laughs> like make this a terrible perception people have it's like i have talent i'm just gonna audition i'm gonna get in the band and then we're gonna that's it like that's my big band you know and like look at you guys yeah it's been 12 years since the blind guardian tour so that's the reality yeah and it's just you know you know keep the five-year-old inside the one who's dreaming excited about things because you know life has a way of you know making that little kid 90 years old over time, you know, in in their belief systems, you know, how things work out. And I just feel like, you know, it's just when, when you're, when you're starting out in a talent, because you have many, so you choose one and you choose one that you want to work out. Stop worrying about what everybody thinks about it. Cause that was the biggest mistake that I made through my entire career. Obviously it's built me up, but it also hurt me a lot 
emotionally over years trying to seek validation from outside. You have to learn to work on yourself in private. And then when someone tells you something to fix about yourself, you need to think about, is this just someone who's telling me something that they're actually feeling for themselves and they're projecting onto you? Or is it something you really need to work on? That's one thing I've been doing lately, you know, because, you know, through every evolution of Seven Kingdoms, we've lost waves of people. And that's never an easy thing, you know, to lose people in your life. And, you know, but everybody has a place they have to go in life and you have to like let it happen. But you, when people say things to you that are hurtful and make you go in on yourself and really self-evaluate, try not to use constructive criticism like a knife, you know, like there are things about you that people tell you to change that you shouldn't. And there's things about you that you should, you know, and if you want to uh, be picked up by people, first thing, people need to know you have a talent. There's plenty of ways that you can put yourself out on the internet for people to see you. And and just because you have this idea and, and this is what you want to do, doesn't mean by not sharing your talent, someone outside of that sphere would appreciate it more. And it might actually be a better opportunity. So it's just patience, waiting, and do the work, put yourself out there. If you are wanting something, you have to work for it. If you get something too easy, it's not going to last very long. I think it's really cool, the sort of spiritual and philosophical journey that you've been on as of late. And I want to talk about that a little bit, because I think, you know, our inner journeys, and you're kind of starting to relate that already to your talent and singing. And I wanted to see like, when you started this journey, and it's been the last like couple of years that you've been diving in more into tarot, obviously certain astrological philosophical concepts, because you mentioned Saturn earlier and the slowing down of everything. And I wanted to see when did that start happening for you? And what is it starting to lead you to as a vocalist? Is it is it changing your perspective on vocals in any way? Well, I feel like Zenith is what it sounds like when I when I definitely have been introspective. I mean, there's a, an element of pain that can cause you to put out your best work. And I feel like, and you're talking about, uh, your last album, Zenith, your, your most recent. Yeah. Our most recent one. So like I mentioned before, you know, people coming in and out of your life in our life, we have a a family unit and we like to, you know, if someone's going to be in our band, just like someone would be in your life, you want it to be of value. And over the years, I personally, I'm not speaking for anybody else in this room. It's just me right now. I feel like people like to say things to hurt your feelings because it makes them feel better. And I've had people say things to me that really made me insecure within my own talents and to struggle a lot longer because I was, I'm, a, I'm an introverted person. I'm, I'm a very deep thinker. And uh, I uh, happen to take uh, criticism excessively hard. and. Uh, there, there became a, a point where I started to realize that my inner world was a very toxic place to be because people like to say things to hurt your feelings because it makes them feel better for whatever reason. And I started to feel like I needed help. And it, it either needed to be through therapy or something. So I just off the whim bought myself a really pretty tarot deck called the Light Sears Tarot. And I bought it 
and I decided every morning I wake up, I'm going to pull a card and I'm going to read it because right now the only thoughts within my brain are very mean, toxic, hateful place to live. And I believe that you are what you eat. And that also includes what you hear. Your, your mind eats through your ears and your stomach eats through your mouth, you know, and they are connected. They are basically first and second brain. So if your, your heart and your head are at odds, there's no communication. So I decided to start communicating with myself in a more positive way. So every day I would read the book and it was, you know, like not every card felt like it was exactly what I was going through. But as I started to learn tarot, you are a witness in your own life and in other lives. So when you pull a card and you see it, it may not be referring to you. It may, it may refer to a situation that you observe. It may be, it may be something that you just observed that you learn from, you know? And so when I started reading it, I started to notice that the, the horrible thought process that I was having about myself started to recede. Um, it made me be able to think about my situation from the third perspective instead of being submerged in it, which is um, hard to separate yourself from sometimes because they always say, you know, you can't see the forest through the trees. You got to get out of the forest, you know? And so I had to force myself out of the forest by putting myself in a completely different world that um, uh, deals with trauma. <laughs> Funny enough, you got to go real dark before you get bright. <laughs> so I feel like this is a theme among musicians, though. I feel like there's a lot of creative people who that's how they end up here. Yeah. Yeah. And the problem is, is that you're avoiding yourself. Everything that you've experienced in your life does something to you. Your feelings are valid. Your experience is valid, but your brain is a tool that can be used for you or against you. And mine was against me. There was a point in time where I wasn't sure of my own reality because, you know, when, when you're experiencing situations and that's not how you experienced it at all, but people are telling you that this is what happens. You know, you have a, a, a way of like, God, am I fucking nuts? You know, like this. Oh, yeah. The gaslighting, you know, yeah. people tell you like the situation didn't go the way that you think that it went. You know, sometimes it's intentional. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes we are perceiving it like way differently than it actually happened. But most of the time we're not. Yeah. But there's even within the percepting it kind of not right is totally right because you as a person are separate from another person, your traumas make you react those ways. Those traumas make you see the situation the way that it is. So as someone with a trauma, um, when someone comes at you that way, you see it in that way, you know, and it's so it's hard for you to separate, am I even seeing truth anymore? You know, and the, also like another problem is, is that when you're nice to somebody so you don't hurt their feelings, but you're allowing them to hurt yours. And out of politeness and out of trying to be the bigger person, you're actually hurting yourself more than just to make yourself feel uncomfortable for a second and tell somebody firmly but politely to fuck off. Yeah. And you can put a bleep over that. <laughs> no, no, no. This is it all. This is, you could say all the words on this. Okay, podcast. cool. <laughs> Yeah, we are allowed. We have the explicit rating. You have the ability to speak freely. <laughs> yes, we may speak freely here, which is really nice, though, because um, musicians like like we can't not swear. 
<laughs> I know. I'm like a sailor, I guess. <laughs> I try really hard not to, but. Yeah, it's the same with me. I think it's just from being in bands and being around people in this like more casual environment. You know, people don't filter themselves as much, I guess. Yeah, I feel like sometimes a lot of our own like issues are caused by allowing misunderstandings to continue, you know, and also when you have a thought in your mind about yourself and then you just see somebody doing something and imagine, for example, that you are two people at one time, right? One person's having an insecure moment and this other person is just pissed off about something that's not working. And then that person is short or slightly uh, aggressive towards the person who's having insecurity. This person isn't meaning to hurt this person, but this person feels like they're being attacked. So, and them not acknowledging that they're just upset and you're just feeling small, that there is no, nothing wrong. You know, um, that's where I, that's where I started to, you know, bring in the collaboration of like the tarot and the planets and stuff like that, because learning the planets as if they were a visitor in your house and like harmonics, that's a, a super exciting thing that I'm starting to get into is the harmonics of astrology is based on vibration and the frequency that you vibrate. So imagine your life and people like all the planets as they come in, there's some that are just going to ring happy vibrations. It's going to be great working with them. It's going to be so good. And then there's going to be another one that come in like Mars, just kind of like, what can I mess up for you today? How can I agitate you today? Or how can I make you stand up for yourself today? You know? So like there's the plus and the minus of each planet, you know, as, as in like relationships, there's a plus and a minus to each relationship. And then there's you and how you get through it. And I wasn't getting through it so well for a while. And I decided that I was worth putting a little extra effort, time and love into since I was freely giving almost everything I had for everybody else and having a hard time receiving or giving it to myself. So that this was an act of love for myself was to buy my tarot cards, buy my astrology books, spend time on getting, you know, deep rooted traumas that I've dealt with since I was even a child up until now trying to learn who I am and how I can function through life from now on and, you know, try to act the best that I can. I mean, we're all still going to get pissed off at somebody drive in, you know, and stuff like that. But like when it comes down to the person as a, as a, as your core, you're just trying to, to be a better person. And so when I give my music to people, I'm giving a better gift than, you know, just continuing on in life, being naive and thinking, woe is me. Yes. Do you think that like, this is fantastic. This is really interesting to hear how this has affected you so deeply. Do you feel like you were able to convey some of this in your lyrics on Zenith? Like you said, Zenith is what it sounds like. Is, do you feel? Mm -hmm. I lost so many things around the time that Zenith was was coming out from friendships to my Pandora. And so my Pandora is a cat, but Pandora is not a cat to me. You know, she was my daughter for all intents and purposes because I don't have children yet. There was a time when I was going through a lot of crappy moments in my life and she was the only reason why I laughed. She was literally the only friend in the room that checked up on me, you know? And it was just like, so when people say it's just an animal, that really pisses me off because for some people, they have a hard time being around other people because they just don't get them. But an animal walks into the room and love your ass as long as you feed them. You know, I mean, they 
no matter what it is that's wrong with you, they're like, whatever, can I eat, please? <laughs> you know, like just take care of my basic needs, you know? And like, but there, there's so much more than that. And obviously you do so much more than their basic needs. But like when I came home from the tour, from the first half of the Unleash the Archers tour to Pandora, terminally ill and losing her within four days of getting home, it completely murdered me. Like I went through such a bad depression over that because it was like, I was losing a daughter. I was losing my best friend. And I was also losing someone that I experienced psychic abilities with. And I know that people are going to think that's woo woo, but you don't know her. So you don't know. (laughs) Like, she was um, very often, me and her were very communicative silently with each other. I could go to another room and call her without saying her name and she would always come, you know? So it was just kind of like, I lost her on so many different spectrums of my life, like down to the depths of being able to commu- communicate silently with somebody. Just losing someone like that on top of losing so many other relationships and just, you know, having, you know, so many different things that just, you know, like 2020 ruined, like, you know, family environment, friend environment. You know, everyone went through 2020. Everyone knows what happened with that, you know. So to add Pandora as the cherry on the top of my Christmas tree was shitty. I developed a weird eating disorder. I haven't been online very much. I barely do a lot of stuff now because I just don't, I don't know. I just kind of lost an oomph for a while. And I'm trying to push myself to get through it. But I, you know, as, as time goes, I'll get better. She was a big loss right around the time that I went into the studio to record, you know, you know, other friendships were going kind of down the drain. And I just kind of felt like, God, I just feel like I am being punished. (laughs) I feel like the universe is just ripping me inside out. And I just so when it was my turn to sing, man, I just fucking sang like my life depended on it, because I think at the moment in in, in my life, it kind of did. And it was one of those things that was just kind of like, as much as losing Pandora hurt me, she pulled me through that. So, wow, this is so profound. The other day, one of my friends here who is a singer in town, I have a lot of friends here in Las Vegas who are professional musicians, but in a completely different way than what you and I do. Um, I'm the odd one out being like the metal singer. I do have like the formal training, but the point is, is like there's some amazing professional singers in here. And my very good friend of mine, I was at a jam with her and she said to me, she she's singing and she's so inclusive and welcoming and stuff to people, not like competitive. And she said to me in that day, and I think this really, really describes your situation. She's like, I don't hate on people because first thing she said was, if you never cheer anyone on, it'll never be your turn. But that's not really what goes with what you were saying. What goes with what you were saying is, she said, also, you never know what sacrifices that person had to make for that opportunity. That was her addendum to that. And when you just said that, I was like, there it is right there. People might be jealous of you and be like, oh, their album sounds so badass and I'm jealous. And I, you know, I'm just making an example. But no, it's true, though. When you look at the story behind it, this like when she said the sacrifices people have to make for those opportunities, you know, you had to fight through all that. Yeah. I mean, and then like recently someone was attacking us over the cheeseburgers and about like, oh, you know, get rid of the cheeseburgers and pay your basis. And I was just kind of like, okay, well, let me ta- let me address the elephant in the room really quickly. Y'all think the cheeseburgers is a yoke. You want to know what a cheeseburger stands for? It means don't take your ass too seriously. It means that there's a lot of layers to that burger. And within that burger, there's a lot of effort, trials and pains and greatness. 
And you got to go through some shit. You got to lose some people. You got to go through some crap to discover who you are. And right now, I feel like that's everyone's problem is that everyone's accusing and pointing and being a certain way towards everybody, but they have yet to discover who they are, you know? And I just feel like if you don't know who you are, don't you dare judge another person because if you walk in their shoes, you probably do the same damn thing. That's really it. This is one reason why I'm so set on sharing your guys' stories with everyone, because as a vocal teacher, like... I think the story behind it, and I'm not talking about behind the music where we have 45 minutes to tell the story of a six person legendary rock band. I I just had had to watch one recently for some reason. I mean, it was like, okay, in the original format, they're cutting out like so much of the people's journey and the story and literally the sacrifices. Yeah, they're just like, it's a cake and they're just using the frosting. Oh, yeah. It was just like they put on an album and they got huge. And I was just like, what? You know, and again, this is this is the perpetuating myth that I actually try to destroy with the podcast and with my teaching as well. I'm like, this just isn't how it works. I mean, we are entertainers and, and magicians in that way where we do present some magic. We don't bring the <laughs> decade of sorrow and whatever and sludge onto the stage. We do like metaphorically, but not literally, right? We're not like going through it all literally in front of them, but they have no idea that we had to get through it all to like be in that stage beyond that point in the first place or to be in that booth recording those vocals you know yeah it's like when someone says oh I want to sing like that person because she's just got so much emotion like honey you don't want that emotion to come from behind that unless you're ready (laughs) be careful what you ask for because if you want to sing like that Right. You don't know where these things can do. You know, you don't know. Yeah, exactly. Like you don't know like what the pain was that that person had to go through to get to that song. You know, I had someone tell me one time that they don't want to start a project from scratch. They want to get one that's already established. And I was like, well, then you don't get to grow that way. I mean, if uh, I mean, if you're not doing your work on the side and you just want to just stumble into greatness, you're going to fail there. And that is not the time to fail. Very rarely do people like the lead singer of Journey Now get to have that experience of being discovered on YouTube. But he had to continue and go and sing and play and put videos out to the point where someone happened to be searching for that specific person that goes all the way back to what I was saying, put yourself out there because somebody on a higher spectrum is going to pick you up. Do you want to sing in a karaoke band at a bar or do you want to sing for Journey? You know what I mean? But, you know, it's just those moments happen. Well, how old was he? Almost 35, 30 something when that happened. Yeah. But you 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 hit the nail on the head, you know, because it's two things. It's it's about making the sacrifices to go through the journey. But also, yeah, like you said, if you hide your talent away and you don't put it out there, Arnel Pineda had to have videos on YouTube. He had to have been playing with that cover band he had to have been singing those journey songs for years at that point to be as good as yeah so neil could find him randomly on youtube (laughs) yeah all of that still had to be taking place like you said it's very paramount yeah you know he's from the philippines just on a loose level without knowing anything about him i can tell you we know that someone from a country like that 
made immense sacrifices. Instruments are incredibly expensive for people living. I mean, people don't understand how privileged we are here yes. in a first world country. You know, just my husband's country put it, puts it in perspective, just like what it would cost someone in Philippines. Pino uh, currency. I'm not sure what the name of the currency is, but to buy a guitar and then how much longer it would take them to make that amount of money to buy a microphone or a guitar. I mean, he must have made immense sacrifices to get there. Yeah. And, and any, okay, any person who is successful has made sacrifices to get there. And when someone from an outside perspective covets the result, they don't realize what they're asking for, mm-hmm. you know? And you think sometimes, oh, well, if I went through that, I'd, I'd do it this way. And I was like, mm, you know, but you might want to think about that because that is one sliver of a piece of pie. You don't get all the other elements that that person's going through in their entire life trying to get there. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, um, it's great to have goals. It's great to have dreams. And sometimes life presents you with hurdles and those hurdles aren't always necessarily no. Sometimes that means you can't get to it this way. And that can't get to it this way makes you learn something. You don't get to a place like that without learning a lot. And if you land in a place like that without learning a lot, you're going to learn a lot from that place on. I guess I'm the kind of person that obviously I would like to have had certain things not happen. I would have loved to come home from a tour that was super successful and not lose Pandora, you know, and to not go through some of the bullshit that I went through. But Zenith sounds great. (laughs) You know, it's crazy, but I've always said that I I don't think that artists can make very good art without being slightly tortured. I mean, like we said, like you said earlier, you don't, you don't have to go through what that person went through to be able to write that song or whatever. And, um, uh, I just, and we see, and it is sad sometimes it's tragic because certainly we've both known lots of people in the music industry or artists who they're sort of torture, if you will, emotional torture like get, led themselves to some serious consequences many times it's like substances and things coping to deal with it um it's really great that you found a constructive way through like through your tarot and astrology and a philosophical way of getting through these things and experiencing these things do you feel like as far as your vocal style goes that a lot sort of changed on this record your vocals have definitely evolved they're always amazing but there's something different about it now something more powerful do you think that was an emotional involvement or more technical well i mean obviously i've always called myself a vocal study listener i always listen to people and you know because we're vocalists we can't cheat and figure out where it is happening in the voice you have to listen over and over and over again and really genuinely try to pay attention to where sounds are coming from and how someone approaches that so obviously watching Britney on stage is a learning experience. And you're talking about Britney Slays from Unleash the Archers, referring back to that tour you guys did. Yes. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Britney, Britney is phenomenal. And I like to say that she sings from her toes. You know, there she's not half-assing those notes, you know. And so that's one thing, you know, and I don't want to be Britney. I want Britney to, to have, that's not my goal is to sing like Britney, but I want to learn from Britney. You learn from greatness, you know, and like you, you try to see where you can apply it in your life, you know. And so I learned from her and also from Florianson how to belt sing, you know, because you can sing really away with a microphone real close to your face. 
you know, but how much of your lung capacity, how much of your chest voice are you using? You know, how much velocity is coming, you know, the explosion that's coming from you. And you have to sometimes literally sit there and witness it happening in front of you. Cause I was always like a, I was a strong singer. Yeah. Very, you know, I always just felt like uh, there's just something, you know, that I feel like I could work on, you know, and then obviously getting to, to perform alongside them, like every night it taught me, you know, Oh, I get it. You know, like, cause I, you know, that's a wonderful way to learn is when you're on tour with a band that's super successful and you're trying to, you know, also be successful. Don't do what's called vocal cloning. Don't clone yourself to sound like somebody else because the goal is to find out what you sound like, but you can learn from that person how to attack a technique that you've been working on and stumbling through your whole life, you know? So I learned how to, to do certain techniques from Brittany. And then when I came home and experienced all that, the the learning experience plus the grief experience equals whatever the hell happened (laughs) equals the result of zenith the album but you know having also been a bit been singing in a band on tour with unleash the archers back when i was singing with helian prime and we went out with them and striker in 2018 Mm -hmm. i felt the same way like dan and Brittany, like (laughs) you've toured with striker you know what i'm talking about two amazing vocalists they both i felt like pushed just again not directly they weren't like talking to me about vocals too much or giving me lessons or anything. But just like you said, watching them every night, it pushes you to the next level. I feel that way about being around the pro singers in Vegas, where it's like a different way. And I feel like you go to karaoke and you're like, oh, shit, (laughs) you know, like I got to work on this, you know, so it's more like like in a fun challenge, like, okay, like they're executing this thing. And the reality is, is no one is anyone else. Like I teach like hundreds of people the literal same vocal techniques all the time. I would say you'd be very hard pressed to say any of them sound like each other. You can do a belting technique, but if I belt and you belt and Britney belts, like I think everyone could tell who is the person singing it. You know what I mean? That's so. So even if you learn a technique from someone else, like it's still going to sound like you like, you know, and that's really what it's going to sound like. Yeah. And like and I, I really feel like there is power in knowledge and knowledge sometimes just comes through listening. Sometimes you just need to shut up and listen. solve a lot of problems that way watch other (laughs) singers i think a lot of people won't watch other musicians because they get well i see this more with younger newer musicians i don't with older musicians i see what you and i are talking about where we go watch people and we're like damn they're good i gotta work on that you know and we think i gotta work on my xyz like whatever aspect it is you know uh that 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 we're admiring about their personal flex or whatever they're doing you know but i and that's the constructive way and i think and then i think but i think there's this other side where like when new people get started they're so self-conscious about their voice they're almost like afraid to look at the good people in a way because they're like they compare it really does make you have to face your flaws it does make you kind of realize your insecurities so i try to tell people try not to get overwhelmed by that especially when you're new because um, you want to think of it more like how we're thinking of it. Just start with like one of the things that they're doing that's a positive aspect that you could learn from, you know, and start there. And also who you're listening to now was not who that person was years before. Like if you're if you're a true professional and you are truly trying to become better, you get better every time. To me, there is no plateau unless you quit. Exactly. The day that you think, 
that you are the best you'll ever be, you lost. <laughs> I just interviewed Leather Leone. She's this badass lady who was a metal singer in the early 80s for a band called Chastain. And she's 63 years old. So I just kind of want to put this in perspective. And she has her first solo record deal with SPV. And it sounds badass. Her singing is literally fantastic. I mean that totally objectively. And this is the point you know, keep going. You're going to keep evolving. If like you said it just now, the only plateau is if you quit. If she had quit, even though it took her till 63 to kind of get onto this level, it was worth it. Yeah. I mean, so there, let me, let me toss Saturn back in. She's 63. That means she had to wait a really long time. So something that she really wanted to do, she probably had Saturn sitting on top of her, making her ass wait. Yes, because she took 20 years off of music. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes my favorite statement is you better let it marinate. I know we're all in a hurry to get in the kitchen, eat something delicious. But I tell you, steak don't taste as good if you don't let it marinate. If you don't let that salad dressing you just put together have time to like, you know, make everything in the dish taste good you know you're just I mean it's like you're just always so in a hurry to get to the end result but the whole point of life is how you get there it's the company that you keep and it's everyday experiences that get you where you are Hansi Kirsch even said that to us when he um was talking about Blind Guardian he said it's you know at this point in their career he realizes that it was just little moments that build up to where you are and little moments become bigger moments. And sometimes you're aware that they're happening. And sometimes those moments happen, they pass you by and you didn't even acknowledge it until how many years later. And you're like, Oh crap. I wish I would've, I wish I would've lived in that moment. You know, you just like, let it go by, you know, but at least you acknowledge it at some point in your life. <laughs> well, I think that's one advantage that I've seen personally to getting older. <laughs> I was just telling one of my younger bandmates this. I said, you know, one of the good things about getting older is you actually get to see how shit turns out. You do get some answers to things. And Hansi is in his mid fifties now, you know, so he has a lot of answers to things. He's seen how those steps added together and what they came out to be. So sometimes I think we lose a lot where we don't listen to older people enough because, uh, you know, at least Western society has been like very young people focused, but the older musicians and the older people are the ones who have seen, well, this trajectory that this person took, it doesn't even have to be their own. They can just see like what career moves went in which direction. And yeah, it's, it's all um, trial and error. And if you're not the kind of person who's willing to fail and, and instead of seeing it as a failure, see what you can learn from it and how you can grow from it. That that's the thing that you have to do in life is that a musician's life isn't all about music. They still have regular jobs. They still have regular life, you know, and I think the, the dis disassociation with, you know, believing that this person though they look great from the outside has got it all again it goes back to the sacrifices to look like that to be in that position to be that way right now that person has to go through stuff just as you are going through stuff right now trying to go in whatever direction your talent's possessing you to go you know and it's instead of worrying about what everybody else is doing stay on your own tracks i know it's really hard because from an outside perspective, sometimes you want to reach over and tell somebody, hey, there's a, 
you know, you could, you know, like the older person in the room trying to help that young person avoid something. But because that young person thinks they know everything, they're dense and can't absorb any information at this time. You know, that eventually you'll get the life will beat you up to the point where you become a sponge and you start absorbing information rather than repelling it and thinking, you know, everything. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to ask you, because we've been talking about what people go through behind the scenes. And there's this interesting thing that's sort of happening now. And I feel like you'll know a lot about it and because you guys have a really, really nice sort of, I would say, for lack of a better description, intimate relationship with your fans and your audience. You have a very personal um, relationship with the people who support your music. You guys have run some of the most successful Kickstarters um, and fundraising campaigns that I've ever seen for a band in this niche genre. Like melodic metal is a very niche genre. It's hard to do that in. But you guys have done that through having a really good, almost personal relationship with the people who support your music. You've had awesome perks where they've been in the studio with you. Like they've gotten to get to know you guys in a very deep level. And I feel like this is totally different now for artists because we've got Patreon and stuff. And when I had Charlotte on the podcast, she has like a very deep connection with her people because of the Patreon. I was wondering, do you feel like that is starting to give them more insight into the sacrifices and more insight into your life, more insight into the story behind what you put together? Yeah, I personally feel like when, when we all acknowledge each other for we're all humans in the human existence. And we're here supporting each other to follow follow each other's dreams. There's some people that just come into your life who just are just so real. You know what I mean? And I just feel like Seven Kingdoms has a way of just absorbing the real people, you know? And, you know, like the real people just kind of come in and we all got our fucking problems. Like Ludo and Tammy, like we've uh, connected on such a way through tarot, which is so fun. And then, you know, I have... Mr. and Mrs. Painty Pants and uh, Mini Metal and, you know, just like Rad Retro and my my Pawn Queen and everybody in our Discord family. They're just they're just regular ass real people. And it's so fun to, to be around people who are just real, you know, who appreciate your talents and just want to see you succeed. And, you know, there's this it's it's infectious when you succeed. Other people also become driven to succeed. And that's what we want is for people to believe in yourself just a little bit and it'll be imagined like if, if you because everybody has a talent and not everybody's talent is the same and that's the thing that people have a hard time dealing with sometimes they want to have what they consider the glory talents but being in the public eye is not easy and people sometimes feel like they get to treat you a certain way and talk to you a certain way so through our patreon and through our kickstarter it's evident that times when we didn't believe in ourselves and not even a record label believed in us that our fans did. So it's believing in somebody is infectious. That's what she's seen with the stock market and all those GME and, you know, and you know, all that kind of crap like that. You know, it's infectious to believe in somebody, to believe in something. And I feel like Seven Kingdoms is a result of people, real people going through some real shit, just believing in you and just wanting to push you through. And it's, it's, you know, there's, there's power in your fans. And um, I consider most of my fans friends, you know, and I, I'm very fortunate to say that, that I, you know, I consider you one of my greatest friends, you know, and it's just like, um, it just, it feels like I, I want, like, I want to, I want to stay on the spectrum where we encourage each other to do our best and see each other succeed and, and promote and push each other. because 
everybody's freaking important. Everybody's here for a reason, you know, and, you know, I'm just happy that people believe in enough in me to give me, you know, money because money is, you know, sometimes people's hardest challenge to have in their life. Something is insignificant, especially for an artist. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and to try to work a regular job and pursue the music industry, you're, it's like whatever your passion is, that's where your money goes. So you know, if people are passionate for you and they want to help you, that is that is some important money that people are throwing at you. It doesn't matter how much it is. It's that someone who has very little is still giving to something they believe in, you know, and that is that is important. Amazing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Sometimes it gives you goosebumps because you're just like, gosh, you know, how can it how can I not believe in myself some days and then somebody believe in me so much? You know, it's just kind of like, Sometimes you take your own self for granted, and you know. I do think about that a lot. I feel like, you know, sometimes when my students get down, I'm like, well, you know, this person, your mom paid for your voice lessons growing up or, you know, I'll even just I'll relate it back to the simplest thing or it, you know, anybody basically dropping it down to like any person who ever believed in you, you know, that's, if you don't want to do it for yourself, do it for them. You know, like you said, sometimes you don't believe in yourself, but someone outside of you is believing in you. And if that's what it takes to, to keep you motivated, like if you have a hard time finding the belief in yourself, think about the people who actually, you know, paid to see you at the show or bought your CD or whatever, just something very simple, even, you know, just made it possible for the XYZ thing, you know, that you're doing. Anybody that believes in you is worth doing it for, I, even if that's only a couple of people, you know, you know, but those couple of people, those can be considered what they, you know, <laughs> what Medea says, <laughs> you, got, <laughs> you know, sometimes you got them branches, sometimes you get them leaves, but sometimes the tree only needs a few roots to grow on, you know, it doesn't matter how many people there, it just matters the quality, you know, and if someone believes in you when you can't, damn, you know, it's, it's a, it's a big moment, you know, like someone you know, giving you a, a voice lesson, you know, it's because they believe in you that you clearly have said that you want to, you know, pursue something, you want to build yourself. So do it, you know, don't take a free opportunity and just let it go by and not appreciate it. Sometimes it doesn't feel like their belief is as big as it really is, because you're in your own mind. But someone yes, like, you know, a parent who sees talent and wants to see you do well, and you express it, and they just buy you a, a thing. You know, that's a door opening for you. And if you walk through that door, try. That's all that's required. Try. Yeah. Try to find something positive in it and do your best. And that's, you know, sometimes your best isn't your best of all time, but it was just the best you could do for today. And don't beat yourself up about it because you just, you're not going to be great every day. And that's okay. You know, your hair is not going to fall the way you want it some days. You know, it's just, some days just going to be wonky. You're going to have a dry throat. You're going to have phlegm. You're going to deal with whatever it is, you know, but don't, don't worry about what somebody else is doing. You need to be your own goal. How do you beat who you were yesterday? One way or another, how do you become a better person today? And, you know, and sometimes it's not through your talent. Sometimes it's through doing something else. You know, you got to give your talent a rest sometime or you'll never be able to come back with fresh perspective. Right. Sometimes walking away is good for a minute and then come back, you know. So you guys have Twitch and Discord. Yeah. 
I feel like all of these things, everybody that I've been interviewing, Patreon, Twitch, Discord, whatever it may be, whatever form it's coming in, people are drifting to these away from the more like super public formats, like just public YouTube videos where anybody can comment or whatever, and going towards these more audience-driven social media platforms. People I know on Twitch feel like it's a very personal audience of direct supporters. And as a result, some of the people I've interviewed are way more willing to just sing naturally and let their voice be hot as you've been performing on Twitch. Um, do you feel like it's been a more enjoyable, positive space for you guys as opposed to like other forms of social media? I do because I, I personally, like when I was going through my YouTube era, trying to get views in the very beginning on YouTube is so frustrating. And then trying like the way that I was doing it, I was just, you know, finding music and singing and, you know, then you're constantly getting copyright infringements and crap like that. And your videos sometimes just get banned because you use an, uh, an you know, an audio, <laughs> you know, and you don't really think about it. You're just like, I'm just saying, I don't want money for it. I just want to sing, you know, like, you know, and I just want someone to see it. And a lot of times the way I was doing it was I wasn't really doing it. So a thousand people would see it. I was doing it for a person. I would sing a song for a person who, who asked for it. So it was a dedication vacation you know and I just I felt like it was really hard to do that but now through twitch man I can I can wing out 15 songs in a row on twitch and sing all those songs that would normally take me like months to do on YouTube because you know a lot of times because I'm very hard on myself so when I was doing my YouTube videos my goal was to sing the whole song from the very beginning to the end without fucking up not editing it this whole video solid and because I'm very particular I messed one thing up I'm like damn it but I can't do that on Twitch. <laughs> Yeah, but it's that's more how people sing, you know, like when I had Andy Sizek on the podcast, we were talking about that because he's such a huge YouTuber and he was making now he just prefers to sing on Twitch. And it was exactly the same thing, exactly the same response that like, you know, when you make your pre-produced YouTube video, even if you do a sing through and you do it all the way, you still have the tracks. You're tempted to go back and start you can you can edit the vocals a little bit, you know, not too much, not like but and then like, of course, we have our lip synced YouTube videos, which are really edited and studio produced like an album because they want to be perfect and I don't blame them, but it's really hard yeah. to keep up with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the people, this is a really, really consistent theme over the podcast, though. Everybody is talking about this, how the, that Twitch and everything is much more liberating. People are um, able to hear more how a singer actually sings, because all this editing and stuff isn't really, even with the best singer in the effing world, like it's not really what's coming out of their mouth, you know? So I think it's getting people come full circle back to like hearing more how you actually sing, you know? Right. Well, I am so happy to have you on the podcast today. What is next for Seven Kingdoms and for you? Well, we just uh, started our Patreon. Huh? I'm sure you're so surprised. <laughs> it makes sense. I was just thinking, like, why don't you guys have a Patreon? But Yeah, no, we, we have a Patreon and uh, we're getting ready to uh, shoot a few music videos. We got a lot of pre-writing for the music video that I want to do um, coming up. So we're going to, um, I'm going to write myself a little storyboard of how I want to do it, you know. I have a few more, I guess, surprise uh, vinyls I got to send out. So we're doing that. We have a lot of more content that we're going to be starting to release through the Patreon. Then it'll sneak into the Discord and then it'll go public. But we're doing, um, we're going to be doing a tour. And when we can tell everybody about it, we will. Anything that's going to be happening in the Seven Kings realm, you want, like, just kind of hang out with our Patreon or Discord, see what we're doing. Um, we're 
I wouldn't say that we're in the slow season, but we are having a slight holiday. We're taking a slow way into certain things, but we're going to be doing a lot of different things musically. Um, we have one of our more sound concerts that we never really showed anybody that will be showing through that, um, which was the full playthrough of Zenith in the studio where we had a select audience that got to be there. That was cool. Yeah. And so, um, we got we got a couple things coming up that we're gonna you know we're gonna try to do some live concerts that you know will only be patrons. This is exciting. You guys sounds like you have a really really exciting lot of stuff for people to follow and be involved with. And if you guys, what's the best place for people to find you guys? Just searching for you on Twitch and Discord, or do you, does your website link to all these places? We we don't have a website. We have a Facebook, an Instagram, a Twitch and a discord and a patreon <laughs> and now a patreon yeah okay you guys look for them on all those platforms it is just as easy to search by name than have a link anyway so thank you sabrina for being on the podcast you're amazing you're one of my favorite people and it is really a beautiful insightful episode and i'm so happy to have it thank you mary i appreciate you so much you know i do <laughs> that wraps up this episode of the voice hacks podcast Thank you so much for listening and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. 